I think I felt very destroyed at that time. I was just a girl trying to uh, pursue my dream. And then I was just a girl that was trying to bring good business back to Ipo, you know. And uh, and I realized actually that's not the case. Um, not everyone would agree to what you're doing. You're listening to Foodie Canteen. I'm your host, Castle Lim. In this podcast, I sit down with Southeast Asia's leaders, entrepreneurs, and content creators in the FMB space. This is where you will learn about their trade secrets. Or maybe you'll just find them as your next door neighbor. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodies who want to connect to the world through food, they curate the best spots to eat and drink in Malaysia, Bangkok, and Singapore. Check them out on Instagram for more. Purpose. It is a buzzword we learn of at a young age, but something we never really discover until we grow up. What is our role in this life? My guest today found hers when she was just 18 years old, after she asked herself this question. If my parents spend hundreds of thousands on me to pursue a degree, then what happens next? The answer to that question was clear. She then shifted her focus from a business degree to pursuing a diploma in pastry at Le Cordon Bleu Paris, making pastries for the elite of France. Today, she comes on the show to tell us the truth behind landing jobs in multiple Michelin-star restaurants, opening her first pastry shop in her hometown Ipoh, and the bold pursuit of her purpose-driven dream. I think I grew up... uh... I think like many other uh, young people, I grew up wanting to probably go into um, uh, studying management or yeah. uh, business admin, mm-hmm. you know, the common mainstream things that everyone is doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. It seems like the right thing to do. And, the one uh, that can make money doing... <laughs> and have jobs yes, yes, after yes, college. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's stable, you know. It, it sounded right because all your friends are, are either probably accounting yeah. or... Uh, yeah, I don't know, doc, being a doctor, a lawyer, and what else, yeah, mm-hmm. so, but uh, I think for me, I've always, uh, I think being influenced by my my family as well, coming from a business background, so I thought maybe, um, you know, studying uh, business administrative would be, uh, would make sense for me, but um, it only started, uh, the whole idea of being a pastry chef only started when I was uh, 18, yeah, so uh, back then, it, what happened was I was waiting uh, to reallocate to UK to further my studies yeah. uh, in the UK mm-hmm. for university. And then uh, it, it, it then happened because I have a little uh, gap in between yeah. and I was waiting. Uh, so I started an online cake shop called Ants on the Bar. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's how it kickstarted. It, it, it was out of hobby. It was out of like uh, my love for uh, crafting uh, and baking. Yeah. So I started baking at home, uh, and uh, and it turns out surprisingly uh, well that people loved it. And I was just baking cupcakes, making fondants, you know, like uh, mini uh, figures, and uh, and then I started supplying for espresso lab people and some cafes around. So uh, it was then I, I I started asking questions to myself, like, hey, like. Uh, you know, is is truly getting this whole um, business degree something that I really want to do in life? You know, what if I spend 
uh, you know, hundred thousands to get a degree. <laughs> what's next? Okay, yeah. Mm. <laughs> what What's next? You know, where yeah. where 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 should I go after? Yeah. So, mm. And and I, I think the idea came along uh, along that journey. Yeah. Yeah, like you were saying, you were planning on furthering your studies in the UK and then you took uh, like a break and did ends one the bar. Like, tell us the story, like how did you end up in Paris instead? Oh, so I was, uh, I was actually contemplating uh, whether I should uh, further my studies and or, mm-hmm. you know, whether I should actually fulfill what the society is saying because it seems to be the normal path to be, you know, getting a degree, uh, furthering your studies, honor, you know, you make your parents proud, you graduate, and then you throw your your graduation hat. Uh, that sounded normal, but yeah. um, I asked myself, will I regret mm. uh, if I'm not pursuing pastry? So, because um, I think it uh, making that decision to actually switch from uh, getting a business degree to a, 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 a diploma in pastry, I think that shift is pretty big, and uh, and uh, and um, I would say I was also afraid of how people looked at me at that time. Uh, but I kept asking myself, "Will I regret?" That was like nine years ago, right? When pastry wasn't as like hype as a thing as it is right now, where everyone's yes, yes, selling on yes. Instagram and like we are all looking for like beautiful pastries and cakes for like birthday parties. It's like a thing now, but yes. nine years ago, it wasn't really yes. popular thing. Maybe we're selling on Facebook Marketplace or something. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think now a lot of people are being influenced by celebrity chefs. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They sort of uh, have set this benchmark and status yeah. for chefs. But back then, I think 10 years ago, it was like, you know, only people that cannot uh, strive well in studies mm-hmm. go for mm-hmm. culinary, you know, or or, or that's what uh, uncle and aunties yeah. would think. Yeah. <laughs> so, you- um. You had kind of this so, question to ask yourself if this is the degree, um, should you get a degree or you want to pursue pastry also? Because you had ends one the bar to see like, it is pr- a proven result, right? Like Espresso Lab is taking ingredients for you from you and you kind of feel like, hey, yeah. it's growing, there's fruits. I think I, I grew up, um, my dad has always uh, taught me that if you work for something that you're passionate about, then you you won't need to work forever, you know? And uh, I think uh, as cliche as it sounds, you know, um, I, I, I needed that a reason to convince myself that yeah. I truly love this thing mm-hmm. and I, I am able to do it for the rest of my life. I don't want to be you know, studying uh, three, four years in a degree and later on find out that, oh, um, you know, it might not be something that I like, you know, nine to five kind of job or being in a bank, uh, that might not be what I I love doing. So I guess it was giving myself a shot and also also, uh, telling myself that there's um, no regrets. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to do it, then I will do my best and make sure that this works since I'm the one that made that decision then you know I will go for it and do my best out of it yeah so uh, that was when I I brought it up to my parents Mm -hmm. and uh, surprisingly (laughs) surprisingly they were very supportive and 
they believe that uh, it doesn't matter what you do in life as long as you are putting your heart into it and as long as you 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 love what you do and uh, you will strive in it yeah that's um, that's when I I decided to uh, go to Paris uh, I guess the best in the world for pastry yeah and uh, right. I wanted to if I want to do I want to do it uh, where I am able to get exposed where mm-hmm. I'm able to 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 mm, connect with the best I would say yeah mm-hmm. that's why that's how uh, the whole Paris uh, came into picture yeah and I mean after you graduated from the Gordon Blue you worked in a couple of Michelin star restaurants which I'm going to try to pronounce them um, Pierre Hermé Paris <laughs> Alain Duquesne Paris uh, Atelier de Joao Robuchon and so on how do you find this experience like was it what was it like stepping into a big leagues as a relatively fresh graduate in the beginning it was uh, it was very eye-opening, to be honest. A uh, very humbling process. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, sometimes we gra- as we graduate from uh, culinary school, we thought uh, we know it all. Yeah. But then as you step into places like that, it's it's another ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think it's very humbling process. It's uh, it's eye-opening. Yeah. It's definitely a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. Mm-hmm. You get to work with... Uh, uh, the best of the best, uh, pro- probably like they they are located on the top of the pyramid, you know. Yeah. Uh, in terms of FMBs, you know, for fine dining or French cuisines, mm-hmm. um, it was yeah, definitely it was very very eye opening. It it has taught me a lot in process. I think not just molding in terms of my skill sets, but also uh, me as a person, my character, helping me to be more persevered and uh, to press on it. Uh, definitely it, it's a very intense kitchen because yes. it's competitive mm-hmm. everyone in that kitchen are are selected very intentionally you have to go through interviews over interviews over interviews yeah. and um, and also to be one of those um, uh, an employee of a, a top Michelin star restaurant uh, I think it brings a lot of uh, uh pride to everyone in there as yeah. well so i think everyone are just you know doing your best if you're not the best at of, of what you can do then you're out of the game you know mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's, it's definitely every day it's just uh in a very competitive environment and um but uh, it's, it's a way of molding us as well like molding me especially you know throughout the process yeah and uh, i think one of the best part uh, throughout the experience was also being able to uh, see a lot uh, of different kind of ingredients. Um, and as well as coming from Malaysia, uh, there's not, there's no four seasons. So there are a lot of things that you won't be able to get in Malaysia. So uh, like working in Michelin star restaurants, I get to uh, get exposed to a lot of very expensive ingredients, uh, fruits of different seasons, um, that's that's where I was I was being trained um, in terms of different uh, taste palettes, uh, different season of fruits of where where uh, what kind of fruits of from which region it, it produces what kind of uh, flavors you know um, yeah so so yeah <laughs> let's let's be real for a second for our listeners who's listening maybe they have um a culinary like pastry dream like you um mm. but how do you get into this Michelin star restaurants like is 
easy to now that you have walked the journey, like you said, it's going through rounds and rounds of interviews. You're mm. selected, but how do you actually get into to let, get them to notice you and end up working for them? You want to know the truth? <laughs> yes, we want to. I, They want to. I, <laughs> it was it was a very tough journey, to be honest.、Mm. Uh, It's not like I had connection or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> no, no, no. But、uh, after after graduated from、uh, after graduating from、um, Le Cordon Bleu, yeah,、uh, I I had an opportunity to、uh, do my internship in Pierre Hermé. Yes. But later on, I realized that that I can't just stop there.、Mm-hmm. I have to go further, you know. Yes. So um, I and I know I know that if I want to do it, I want to go to the best. Uh, in Paris, so every single day I would go to、uh, the hotel.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would go to Le Morris. I would go to Plaza Athene. It's one of the most prestigious hotels in 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 Paris, and uh, the uh, Alain Ducasse is 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 located in the hotel. So I would go there every day. I would go to the、uh, the reception. I'll tell them that hey, I'm here to apply for a job in the kitchen. So this is my resume. You know, and then they will send me to the back door where you know the staff would enter. Like, oh, you just go there, you know,、uh, and there will be this、uh, guard over there, and they will just ask you to, oh, just leave it here because, yeah, <laughs>、um, they couldn't be bothered. Also, so、um, I think I went there every day, almost, almost every day. So you just for, show up with your resume and like,、mm-hmm. hi, I'm here. I was here yesterday. Yeah. Any news? Any updates?、Yeah. Wow. Yeah,、mm-hmm. kind of thing. No, or I, I would ask them like, "Oh, can I meet your pastry chef?" You、yeah. know, I, I, I'm trying to look for a job. I'm、mm-hmm. trying to look for、uh, a position.、Uh, hoping they would, you know, just meet me and talk to me. <laughs> yeah. So I think I did that for.、Uh, I can't remember exactly how long, but probably a month or so or two.、Wow. Yeah, and finally the pastry chef came out and and、uh, and met me.、Uh, she. She she was actually last year and the year before,、uh, the best pastry chef of the world. Wow! In the world, yeah,、That's、the best pastry chef in the world.、Mm-hmm. So Jessica, so uh, she she was kind enough to come out and meet me, and then uh, and gave me an opportunity. I would say,、mm-hmm. and then uh, the HR called me and asked me like if I would be interested to, to um, yeah, to to have an interview.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was the story.、Wow. So it's not like you are in school in college and then you send your resumes out or your professor, like I mean, if like the normal college education, right? Your professor put in a word、mm. for you, but it's literally you just going to the restaurant and like showing up every day for a month until she's willing to meet you, and then you know what? I'll give you a shot. Yeah, no, not at all with connection, but because、uh, we are foreigners, first、mm-hmm. of all, yeah, it's、uh, it's not easy for them to actually hire foreigners. So, so、mm-hmm. we will have to do our own visas and、yeah. all these things. So,、uh, yeah, yeah, it's so like with school, they won't be able to help us、uh, in that sense. Yeah, so. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> So after all this experience, what like lessons or you'd say characteristics from your experience have you like placed into at Patisserie right now in your own business?、Mm, the spirit of excellence, I would say,、mm. definitely.、Uh, coming, being trained in a fine dining environment,、uh, yeah. everything is very detail oriented. Everything is about detail, even.、Um, 
uh, if you're cutting an orange measurement, every single one has to be the same, mm-hmm. you know? So I think uh, that is one thing that I was being trained and how I was being trained. So I brought that into ads and hoping to recreate fine mm, desserts uh, and hoping that this kind of fine pastries uh, from fine dining um, setting would be able to appear in Maple as well. And uh, the people here are being able to enjoy it without having to travel all the way to Paris or all the way to, you know, Kuala Lumpur to to experience them. But yet here in Nepal, you are able to 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 try and taste them, to to enjoy that craftsmanship. I would say, yeah. And when you first started, how do you think the Eporians received it? Like, did they receive it well, or you had to? Like, was there something new to them or you had to like show them and present to them? There was definitely a process of educating uh, our consumers, our customers. Uh, Back then, I think I started three years ago in uh, my whole location. Um, It wasn't... At first, people would tell me that, hey, you're selling this cafe, you must sell food, you have to have (laughs) pasta, Uh uh you have to have sandwiches, you Mm. know, fruit juices, so that, you know, the local would accept it. And and this is what you're familiar with in the cafe. Yes, 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 Mm. yes, exactly. And, um, and, yeah, they, they, they always, they would think like, you know, you're only selling cakes. What can you make out of? only selling cakes, you know? But uh, I think I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to uh, bring the whole idea of a pastry shop, uh, a Parisian pastry shop back to Ipoh. And uh, and if it's not what I am, uh, what, what I'm good at, I don't want to sell it to you. But whatever that you're eating on your plate, that's what I am uh, uh, I'm good at. And I want to present you my best. So that is my belief. So um, that's why at, uh, even until now, we are only selling um, pastries. We are not selling, um, say, pasta or food. Uh, we don't call ourselves a cafe. We are a pastry shop in town. Yeah. That was Anli. You're listening to Foodie Canteen. After this break, Anne shares why, despite the prestige, lifestyle and weather, she left the city of love and macarons to return to Malaysia. She also shares her creative process behind the creation of Ad Patisserie's menu, utilising all of her five senses. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodie who wants to connect to the world through food, that's where you go. Find Penang Foodie, Johor Foodie, KL Foodie, Singapore Foodie, Halal Foodie and Bangkok Foodie on Instagram. They curate the best spots to eat and drink in these cities. I adapted the word ad from Kaizong that so it means uh, purpose, reason uh, to live. Yeah, so um, uh, like I have mentioned before, I, I mean, I grew up like any other uh, teenagers, like um, trying to look for a path where it's right to, to move on uh, in life. And uh, I was also lost for a moment of time. But I realized that it's okay. It's okay to be lost, but always know what's the purpose in life. Uh, in our life and uh, and go towards that. So I think uh, naming it at because I want to I want it to be an encouragement to a lot of the younger generations now, let it be the millennials or the Gen Z. 
um, I want to encourage them to live with a purpose because I I because I work with a lot of um, uh, community locally and even mm-hmm. in Cambodia. So so I've met a lot of young generation that were uh, quite lost in life. They they, they don't know uh, don't what know they want what to do. Want to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So I think I wanted it to be a um, an example. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, it's okay to be lost, but um, at least let's try and let's find our purpose together. You know. So uh, um, my core belief is I want it to be a platform. Yeah. for young generations to be able to use their skill, to be able to brush their skills, to be able to even learn a skill or um, to grow here uh, in act, to find your own purpose, to excel in what you're doing. So, um, and I find that um, my purpose in life, yeah, uh, not just, you know, presenting good visits to my customers, but also uh, creating a, platform for the current generation the younger gen the younger ones to to grow and to to build their life yeah and what was one of the biggest challenge you faced when opening or even running at uh one of the biggest challenge i think um i i did not okay for the first location that i had i did not um Actually, I, I would call it a failure mm-hmm. because uh, back then there was actually some issue with the licensing mm-hmm. uh, with my first location. So what happened was uh, we applied for the license and then everything was running so well for the first few months. Uh, and then uh, people were actually quite ex- uh, accepting towards our new concept. And people, had, a lot of the old customers came to support, you know, from Anton on the bar. But then uh, there there was a neighbor that wasn't very happy with us uh, for having a business there, so uh, he he complained to the uh, the officials. So he would complain every day, and uh, the officials came over and said that hey, we are very sorry because uh, this so-called neighbor and um, uh, has been complaining and he has gotten the whole the community around yeah. that area to to come against us mm-hmm. so we had to retrieve your, your whatever license that you're having mm-hmm. so it was so disappointing I think that was one of my biggest uh, biggest challenge at that time yeah because um I tried to you know uh, talk to that that specific neighbor and uh and I was being humiliated. Mm-hmm. I was being, you know, literally like being pointed on the head, like, hey, you shouldn't be here. You know, you should leave this uh, community. Like, yeah. So uh, I was very, um, I think I felt very destroyed at that time. I was just a girl trying to uh, pursue my dream. And then I was just a girl that was trying to bring good business back to Ipoh, you know. And uh, and I realized actually that's not the case. Um, not everyone would agree to what you're doing because uh, because maybe you're having good business, but it may cost inconvenience for for them because there were crowd, there cars, you know. Um, I think picking myself up from that that season of time 
to to continue believing that um, that there's still a purpose in life. That is still um, what I'm called to do. Uh, that's still a reason why I'm back in Nepal. I think it was that period of time that was definitely my biggest challenge throughout my whole uh, uh, journey of setting up that. Um, I was so lost for uh, a good period of time, a year or so, and uh, just trying to, you know, pick up myself and and still pressed on, still pushed on, still believe that, hey, there's still hope that, you know, this feeling doesn't mean uh, it is, uh, it's everything, it's the end of everything, yeah. I think it's like you came back with a purpose, you want to set this up and like, in that moment, you kind of doubted yourself, even though you got the license already, and then this came out of nowhere. Um, but I want to ask, like, did you knew that when you left Malaysia to go and study in Paris, you knew that you want to come back and make desserts for Laporians? Or at some point, you're like, you know what, Paris is nice. I get to work in these well-known restaurants and I'm learning a lot. It's competitive here and it's making me better, sharpening my skills and talents. Do you at any point thought that you want to stay there and not come back or your initial mindset was like, I will come back no matter what to Malaysia? Uh, I think it was a later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was enjoying my time, definitely. Paris yeah. is such a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Um, people there are amazing. Uh, the exposure. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a later um, that I know my time is up. Mm-hmm. As my visa ended, and uh, I... And also because my parents, are, my family are in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So I want to be closer to them as well. Yeah. And, uh, and um, because we always hear like our uncles, aunties, parents say, hey, it's better out there. You know, you make more money. And then like, our country is, you know, like all these other things that we've listened to over and over again. Like, why not you go out there and yeah. maybe your nieces and your family can be there. Like, it's a better future for them. We, we hear this, like we grew up with this, you know. Yeah, I, I think I think it, it comes back to the purpose of uh, my life. I, I think, uh, yes, over there, I may make a lot of money. I'm always cooking for maybe the richest people around, you know, because, I mean, only they can afford uh, <laughs> yeah. such expensive right, right. restaurants. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but I think, um, I think I felt like, there needed to be someone to come back to Apple. You know, if everyone is having yeah. that mindset to leave Apple, well then who is going to build Apple? Of course, I'm not saying that I have the ability to do so, but I want to uh, at least be a part of uh, helping Apple to grow into a more happening city. Uh, into Because Penang and KL has always been so happening. There's so <laughs> many things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, art festivals, FMBs, you know, everything is happening. But in April, it's like a, a, a lion that is about to be awakened. There's so much potential here. There's, uh, yeah, there's so much potential here, but it's just that a lot of young people tend to, you know, choose to, to leave. Uh, and I, I think I felt like there needs to be someone that, to come back to at least do a little something. It doesn't matter whether the impact is big or not. At least um, I felt like I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to make people great. You know, I'm trying to bring something back to contribute to my community here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that I've uh, visited at I think last year, and this is it's just amazing what you're doing there. Um, let's talk a bit about your creative process. Can you bring us through the process when creating at Patisserie's menu? Like, what are the main things you focus on? Um, I think I focus on the five senses: what I hear, what I feel, what I see, what I smell, and what I taste. Yeah. So uh, in all my pastries, I would focus on texture. Uh, presentation, um, how would the customer um, see it? You know, will they get this uh, enjoyment as mm-hmm. they see it? Um, the pretty design out of it, or how would they feel, you know, the moment when they eat it? Uh, does that, does it give them a, um, a, a bitter note or does it give them, you know, does that bring it, them joy as well? You know, mm-hmm. these sensations. Yeah. So these are things that I, I, I focus on too, yeah. Um, but of course, we prioritize uh, not just the look, but the flavors and the texture of it. Because just having good looks without solid flavors, that's just, it's like putting on makeup. <laughs> that, that's it, you know, there's nothing inside. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, but, you know, having good flavor profile, balanced, uh, and also a good texture, yeah. You know, it's not just all about, you know, it's cream or it's mm-hmm. all about just a cake, you know, but there's different textures and layers in it. So um, I, I prioritize that. Yeah. And like you said uh, before, like the ingredients in Malaysia are different from those in European countries. Um, some may be seasonal. How do you adapt this mm-hmm. Malaysian ingredients to create uh, French pastries? Um, I don't really do it intentionally, to be honest. I mm-hmm. won't intentionally like look for Malaysian ingredients just to create a mm-hmm. certain dessert. But I think uh, as I my creative process would come from um, things around me, what inspires me around, such as uh, I created this hometown tart. It's something that I wanted to be significant to my hometown, mm-hmm. dedicating to my hometown. Yeah. So, um, and the first thing... Uh, when you think about Ipoh, is Ipoh white coffee. Yes. So that's where the inspiration comes from and there's a story uh, as I create it. And I don't want it to just be, oh, because uh, everyone is using local products, you know, that's why I have to do it. But uh, not really in that case, yeah. So uh, Hometown Ta um, was created because I want something to... Um, I want I want it to represent Ipoh, yeah, uh, and also my background, mm-hmm. my my uh, my my roots, yeah, and uh, it's it's how my life was. I was from Ipoh, and then I was trained in France, and that's the whole combination of uh, this dessert. Yeah, it's Ipoh. Tar- it's using Ipoh ingredients, but yet at the same time, it's I'm like using four French different types of coffee uh, techniques. Right? Uh, yes, uh, more of four different uh, layers mm-hmm. of intensity. Yeah, so there, there were uh, there's this uh, slightly uh, light layer on the on the top. It's fluffy. It's uh, it's very smooth, you know. And then slowly it comes uh, to a medium intensity mm-hmm. uh, of coffee flavor. And then the third layer, it's like a punch. Uh, it's a, it, it's like a punch. It's, it's bitter, you know, uh, with a salty ending taste. Yeah, and then the fourth layer, it's something goes back balancing up everything. Yeah, 
So, yeah. <laughs> Would you say that is one of your proudest creations? Uh, one of them, one of them, yes, for sure. Yeah. I, I think uh, something that represents me. <laughs> yeah. Any new projects coming up next? Um, yes, for sure. Uh, we recently, uh, we, I mean, we are actually about to launch our uh, second outlet. Uh, it's called Ferment Belongerie. It's focusing uh, on um, uh, sourdough bread, baguette, uh, all the European breads, basically. Yeah, so we have pet patisserie focusing on French desserts. So ferment will be a lot focusing on fermentation items and also breads, uh, like a boulangerie yeah, in Paris. That is so exciting. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing for Ipoh and the pastries and the good stuff you are bringing to them. And finally, my final question is, what is one advice you would give to our listeners who's looking to perhaps start their own business um, in their hometowns or anywhere in Malaysia, just like you? Mm, I wouldn't call it an advice because I'm learning myself but maybe something to share uh, stay hungry stay humble yeah and and of course uh, dare to dream I would say yeah yeah because uh, having that ability to dream is very important because that's how you would uh, vision things and if you don't even dare to dream then um then don't talk about the next step. You have just listened to Anne's story on Foodie Canteen. This show is produced by me, your host, Castle Lim, and written by Sulin Chang. Foodie Canteen podcast is made possible by the excellent team at Good Foodie Media. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Foodie Canteen for more. Follow us for brand new episodes every Friday. Thank you for listening.